that your boss? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my balls just dropped. <laughs> Good souls of Earth. We're back today with House of Herbie, your favorite podcast and your safe space for bad bitchery, self-discovery. I'm Queen Herbie. This is Jedi Nick. And he just got kicked in the balls by Luna twice. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Very close uh, occurrences. Yeah. It's really interesting. Right on the dick. How, yeah, it's really interesting. I noticed for me, like when I'm having kind of a, yesterday was a slow day for me. Like it was challenging mentally. And some days you just have to step back, put some space around it, observe. And I was like, yeah, the more bad things that happen, then they just begin, you focus on it and you get more. It's amazing. And that's what we're talking about today, actually. We're talking about the journey to becoming like a aware person, a spiritual person. Punched in the balls. <laughs> becoming a punch aware in the balls. Aware of being punched in the person. balls. Person. <laughs> That's what I really, I really love uh, all the feedback you've given us. Shout out to our sugar daddies in the Patreon and in the Discord who are all such high vibrational people. We love y'all. Um, and everybody else that's listening, obviously we love y'all as well. This story of self-discovery for me, it really began in college because it was the first time I was free from my family life and I got out from under that roof and I ended up in Boston. Like Nebraska to Boston is a big jump. Yeah. You need a plane for that. We, I took a plane mm. and I remember I got there and I had never felt more freedom before. It was so exciting. I don't know how it was for you, Alex, because you so, left Indiana. Straight to LA, yeah. Holy shit. That's a that's a huge job. Do you recall the feelings that you had getting off the plane or any of those? Yes, yeah, so we came and visited in I moved officially in uh, September of 2020 or of 2010. Oh god. And then but we visited <laughs> in April. It was like the first time I Oh, we visited. Plane. The family came. Yeah, me and my parents came and I was oh. like, "Oh, I don't want to leave." Wow. So then it was like get back to Indiana and it was like I was working so much just saving as much money as I could and I yeah. was just like That's counting you can down do. the days. Ooh. Yeah, it was it was like wow. But you're also like, "Oh, I'm going to miss you so much." Exactly. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Which is heartbreaking because I remember when I left and my mom got like em the first taste of empty nest because I was the oldest. Mm. So then two siblings under me, but losing a child to college, it was like so intense for her. I remember she explained That's that. got to be a wild transition. Did you always know that you wanted to leave Nebraska for school to pursue music? I, I did not. I knew I wanted to pursue music and I knew I would probably have to get out of Nebraska. Yeah. Which is interesting because now you don't have to leave. You don't have to. You could become a big internet star in there Nebraska is, if you wanted to. There is a to. big thing. You totally can. You totally can. And there, I don't really, like for, for all the creatives listening who feel like they have to be in a major city, I don't think that's the case anymore. There is, though, some kind of collective energy for your town or your area or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And it is definitely very like noticeable and intense in LA. It is. I, 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 you know, I, I will love, I love shitting on LA all the time. Of course. <laughs> so, but it, there is something, this is where all the creatives are, especially since the pandemic, everybody's yes. come out here because there's actually like sunshine and space, but still like, yeah, like New York, there's still incredible like shit in Miami. There are still some incredible spots where there's some so hubs creative, at least around like the music side, Nashville. It's interesting that you say that because we were talking this week about what I call the Disneyland effect. Which, which has a lot to do with your journey, right? So when you first get to Disneyland, like let's, let's use kids because you always observe children at Disneyland because I'm, I'm a child, just an old child. But you get there and you're like, it's amazing. 
oh my God. And then literally by the end, it's pure misery and exhaustion, right? You see well, they're kids, bawling. They're like losing their shit. They is, can't fucking, they can't walk. They're just crying. They don't hungry, even know why they're crying. You have, to, you have to poop. They're overwhelmed. Yeah. So the Disneyland, too much good. the Disneyland effect is the reason that Nick has shit to talk about LA because once you're here, anything that is great is always going to flip around. There's always the other perspective is always available. So mm-hmm. I think for my creative babies that are listening, like keep that in mind. Uh, if you're on a similar journey that we're on, all of all of us here are on this journey of just self-discovery and trying to be the baddest bitches. Well, and another interesting thing on that too, like when you're experiencing, so this kid, right? I'm just trying to picture myself. This I'm this kid who walks in Disneyland. He's like, oh, like fucking shit. And they're like, don't fucking swear. And he's like, fuck you. And he just takes <laughs> off. So like, that's also so much joy. So much. And it's, so this is the thing that I've been working on recently with like this new Joe Dispenza meditation thing is like, you just focus on the joy and, I've tried this meditation too, by the way. We can put the link in the show notes this week. Yeah, it's so it's not. It is a it's chopped up version. People, there's a full thing is like 45 minutes. He brings you. It's a whole process. Okay, but the one that I've been doing is literally. Wait, you didn't send me the full version? (laughs) No, I've been using a choppy version. Yeah, I just sent you the choppy version. All right, that's what I've been using because I've been reading the book. So you need to get on the book, bro. I do, bro. Get out your reading glasses and back it up. If you're not seeing us on the Patreon video this week, I. I'm wearing a bright orange linen yes. vest that I found on ThreadUp, which I'm really excited for. I'm wearing the new uh, Sugar Daddy necklace that mm, we designed. Is it called the Sugar Daddy? I decided it's just, it's pure gold. It's just gold beads. Yeah. You know? And I was like, well, that's a really special. And I feel very zen. I almost look like a monk. Nick was calling me a punk monk. You're punk monk right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like, are women allowed to be monks? I'm being culturally insensitive. That is a wonderful question. I don't know for sure. I've only seen male monks. My initial response is I want to say no. They're not allowed to be monks. Okay, so we probably can't call me a punk monk. (laughs) That makes you even more punk. A lady punk. You're not allowed to do it. A lady punk monk. (laughs) A lady punk monk. It's very wrong. Monk um, punk. I also got three olives in my martini this week, which is like, what did I do right? What did you do right? You made friends with the bartender. That's what you did. That's pretty great. You know what I'm saying? Okay, hold on. So wait, women can. Women can be women monks. Women can be ordained as the equivalent of monks in China, South Korea, Taiwan, and Vietnam. Thank you oh, so right, much. We go. really appreciate that. We Do really... they have to shave their head too? I would, I'm down. Doesn't say, but you look pretty good, Bob. I'm going to just do it. One day, yep. are you going to shave your head? The answer is yes. Yeah! I will let everyone else decide when that is. If you pressure me enough, I'll do it. If you vote one now. Because you know wigs, wigs are so great and easy. Yeah. What was this so like an American Idol when that show would go on? You would have to call. They were like, call it for this number or and press one for Carrie, two for, right? Is that yes, how it worked? Yes. See, I, I didn't really, I kind of missed that whole shit. I didn't really watch it. I knew of it because you couldn't escape it. Right. But I never like, did you watch it every week? Which one? American Idol, like in the beginning. Oh, I watched the first season with Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. And just. Justin Guarini. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Do you, because that know... was the first time I ever saw people really singing. Yeah. Like the hairdressers that could sing like that was really exciting to sure, me. American and then dream. my my mom was like, oh my God, isn't this what you want to do? And so they were actually really supportive. And my dad took me to an audition. Oh. Uh, it yes. was like like later. It was many years later. It was yeah. like maybe. It was in Florida, right? You I happened went, to be in Florida for something? He had a business trip in Florida. Uh, right. And I was like, okay, let me just go with you. And like, yeah, we'll go to American, American Idol. Yeah, bombed it. Yeah. Like completely bombed the audition. It was very uh, uncomfortable, cattle call style. 
and I just didn't know what to sing. I had no self-awareness and I had no idea who I was. Imagine if I had gotten on a show like that. And that's what I mean. It's a, I would it's be a distru- super blessing. I'm grateful now that that yeah. didn't happen. But at the time, you know, when you're 16, you're like, this is it. It's over. I'm Carrie Underwood. Well, okay. So I remember you telling me one interesting thing you learned about that. This, I think this was the same thing. You were, you were like, you know, this, this cattle call, right? There's thousands of you in line to go have your lives changed yeah. on television Period. with Ryan C. Dick. <laughs> and you have like this whole, you know what I mean? It's the pressure. Everybody's love, terrified, but, but fun. But we love loose. Ryan, by the way. He's lovely. Oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I have great Ryan Seacrest stories. Actually, incredibly. Are you, <laughs> Are you related? I could see you guys be related. Definitely. What? I could there it. were a few times. Okay, we're on tangent, on tangent, on tangent, on tangent right now. But today that's you're great. getting all. It's because there's three olives in the martini. Do you know what I'm you saying? Don't know I what's can't even. Ha- I gotta talk about Ryan Seedick. No, <laughs> there were a few times we would run into him all over the place. Because one in, time with Martha Stewart. With Martha Stewart there too. That we were just it, the four was, of us standing there having a conference. Yeah, and and Ryan was so he was incredibly present. I do have really. To say. Wow. He remembered, mm-hmm. I think, something about the last time we saw him. Yeah, he was really present. Very present. Very... Martha Stewart was too. She tried to put her finger in my suicide room. <laughs> oh. I thought it was very, that's... very engaging. That's what she said. What's going she on was like, there? I just love it. I just love your oh, hair. I just, oh, let me just put my finger in I was in like, there. you inspired the shit out of me, <laughs> ma'am. We have tried for a f- many months or years to write a Martha Stewart song. There's a, I have, up. I have this you know liquid I mean? death. Oh, here we are talking about liquid death. Again. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I have this, this liquid death mountain Ooh. water candle. This black candle is a collab with Martha Stewart. Is it really? Oh, that's if those cool. of you that are just listening, it's a severed hand holding a liquid death <laughs> as a black, as a candle with a red wick, yeah. so which is which, pretty cute. What part did she contribute? To she this probably collab? is the creative director of this. Is she the, the she's hand? The hand. Yep. She's the hand. Oh. Got it. So, okay, what are we talking about? Okay, I'm going to bring, journey. It, it's I'm the journey. bring it back I to wanna, the joy. I want to come back to like, do you remember getting off the plane in LA? I got off the plane in Boston from mm-hmm. Nebraska and I was like, holy shit, I hope I packed enough eyeliner. <laughs> I was excited to be myself and yeah. I had this whole rebel phase when I got to college. I had this whole My Chemical Romance phase where I was angry, right, and confused and I had to kiss all the boys and I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm going to be an R&B singer, finally. I got into the gospel choir really right away at Berkeley and just loved, I was loving life. I got a job at a retail store at the time called Arden B, which was kind of the rival of BB. Mm -hmm. And I just, that's those summers, like early 2000 summers of like listening to Rihanna and watching the Kardashians and eating bologna sandwiches was a vibe. Mid 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. And I worked at, were we dating at this point? Were you the same year? That was around the time yeah, we met. The same year. So yeah. it was a long ass time ago. Uh, I was working at CPK, which was almost <sighs> literally. So if anybody knows Boston, it's the Prud, the Prudential Center. Okay. California Pizza Kitchen. California Pizza Kitchen. He's CPK, okay. he abbreviates it, just assuming. Yeah, well, is- when you work there, you got shorthand. Okay. So uh, we're going to have to 69 the number four with the. <laughs> anyway, so it was uh, kind of across the literally right across the street yep. or you know the, the hall, hall the mall the mall hall <laughs> the mall hall i love i was obsessed it was like with 30 feet away you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it was funny because yeah r&b was like r&b and what was the other big one like what uh yeah bb and like wet seal and all this shit mm-hmm. and then we were across the hall and uh yeah it was uh, cpk and it was were you uh, a waiter i was a waiter <sighs> love their barbecue chicken pizza you know what i'm saying it's pretty I great do. yeah i worked there for a couple months you'll learn to hate it 
Uh, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it was good. We ate a lot of pizza that year. We did. We did. No, it was a great gig. I mean, everybody in Boston is already a college kid, and we were college kids too. So it was a very lenient. You know, they mm. had people understood lenient schedules and shit. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was man. Being a waiter is fucking very difficult. It's a very acquired skill set. My dad and I talk about this all the time. <laughs> he tried to be a waiter for a little while, and he was like, "Oh, fucking terrible." Really? Awful. It's not easy. It is very much not easy. Yeah, people think it's like this. I think everyone should either be a waiter or work in retail. Period. Yeah. Just for a little bit to see because, wow, what? Everybody needs a mall job. Everybody needs a mall job. It really teaches you so much about people Mm -hmm. and about how corporate business works too. So malls have like disappeared, right? Are we done with malls as a culture? What happened? I still go to malls. (laughs) Which malls Alex do you go is keeping to? malls together. I hit up all the Westfields, but Westfield oh. Fashion Square is where my boxing studio is. So oh, that's right. I box and then I, you that's know, great. shop. Box and shop. Box, box and shop. shop. Is that the one with the movie theater? No, this is the one that's like Sherman Oaks area. Fashion Square. Oh, okay. oh yeah, Riverside. Fashion Square. It's on Riverside. That's a vibe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you hop up on the plane in LAX, okay? And we're here and we're we're free. We're free, finally. And we're like, okay. The journey for me, the real journey of becoming myself happened in the mall job Mm. on a lunch break at Barnes and Noble. So I I was trying to trace back my memory to how did I become this woo woo witchy bitch? I was in the Barnes and Noble section, self help. Mm. And I was like, why is all the shit I'm interested in in the self-help section? Does that mean there's something wrong with me? Mm. Right? Because people really like to bully you for being like a self-help bitch. And I was just so into this. And then all, all of a sudden I found like the meditation, the guided meditation CDs. This is before, you know, the internet was as advanced as it is now, <laughs> or you can just get everything for free on a whim. So I was like buying books and like, that's where we got the power of now, the Eckhart Tolle book. Yeah. And I started just doing all these self-help practices and taking all the quizzes and trying to learn who I was and what it is that I wanted while trying to be financially independent, but, you know, working three different jobs and, and trying to be fully independent so I could stay out of Nebraska, you know, as long as I needed to figure out my music career. So that was when I started falling head over heels with the idea of becoming a better person. Okay. What was it in, was it any certain emotion in particular that triggered that or what was it? It was like the same feeling that I had when I discovered music. Mm. Like when I fell in love with TLC or Celine Dion, I was like, oh, this is very exciting. But this was putting the spotlight on me mm-hmm. rather than me putting the spotlight on someone else. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I really started experimenting with makeup and my hair color. This is when I colored my hair dark for the first, like dark, dark. Uh-huh. Cause I have like brown hair, but when I was dyeing it like almost black. That's when we started to, uh, you know, that's when you you knew that I was the girl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So people definitely made fun of me for this because like they were like, oh, really? Self-help? <laughs> What's wrong with you? And I was like, wow, I carried a lot of shame for that. Probably some of the religious upbringing. Definitely. Really? Who, what, so, so what is the, what's the stigma? It's like, around? oh, you're trying to help yourself. You're trying to be independent. You're trying to make up your own mind about things. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I feel like that has changed. That's the, that was like the energy. Changed a lot. Yeah, but you're right though. I do remember a particular time when that was not cool. We have a lot more permission now than we did yeah. back then. But I remember, you know, at a time when everybody was dressing the same, talking the same, acting the same, yeah. all drinking the same Frappuccino. Oh, love that Frappuccino. Especially at the mall. Orange mocha Frappuccino. Frappuccinos. <laughs> 
So that was uh, something I learned. What was that then? Like 2005? I would say 2005. I fell in love with self-improvement. Mm. And I was like, this is it. Were you overwhelmed or uh, did it feel right? I was overwhelmed, but it was like the gateway drug to me exploring magic and witchcraft and all this mm-hmm. other shit and, and really questioning my religious upbringing. So that it was, was, but it was all internal. Like you weren't sharing this with anyone else. It was kind of like a uh, private journey you were going on. It was very much just me. I had a roommate for a short minute who was into it. Sherston. Sherston. Yeah. Shout out Sherston. She, she's, she kind of uh, helped introduce me to Eckhart Tolle and mm-hmm. she was a little older than me and just very Zen. She was a very mm-hmm. Zen girl. And um, so I had some support. And you know, when it's you and your roommate, you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is cool. We can do this. Yeah. But no, as soon as you bring it up to like the other gals at work, they were like, what? <laughs> uh, what are you talking about? Yeah. I went to the club last night. <laughs> you're yeah. like, oh wow. You know, and I did that. I had a friend also like a bodacious blonde girl who would take me to the clubs and we were not 21 yet. So you'd have to get X's on your hands. And I remember like trying to get into that culture too. And it just was not for me. Yeah. She was like, yeah, let's try to get free drinks. I was like, babe, we have X's on our hands. She's like, it's fine. Let's figure it out. You know, and you get some cheap, like, stoli beforehand. Boone's like, Farm. Chug, like, cheap vodka. And, like. What did you what did you drink in college? Did, did you, you didn't Blueberry really... stoli and pink lemonade. Yeah, that's right. That was one of the drink options on the Muse party, or release party. We, we made all of our ago. friends drink it at the release party. <laughs> I had so many. Really? <laughs> so It's many. pretty tasty. It's a yeah. shamefully tasty drink. Yeah, it's it's gentle, but it, it'll get you. Mm-hmm. Oh, she'll get you. She'll get you. So that's, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today, because this is soul work. This is like when, the day that you sort of decide, wow, maybe I am obsessed with how dope I am and I want to uncover it. Yeah. It's what we call soul work or soul W-E-R-K. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The new single by Queen Herbie. So work. So work. So work. Yeah, and then you have to snap you have afterwards. To snap. You have to snap. Yeah. It, yeah. This is this is a fascinating thing because there's a, so many um Mm, yeah, and it many. unleashed so much creativity in me. So yeah. it allowed me to release this toxic relationship that I had had in high school that I was like, oh man, I don't, I'm never going to find love again. And I went home that summer and wrote a whole album and was not worried about speaking my mind because I had read all this material in the self-help section. Wow. So that was, that was major. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, uh, what is my journey? Okay. So for me, it was always, I remember the first time, okay, so we have, we're very lucky that we had, everybody had to pick up an instrument in the public school system, and we were in fourth grade, and I picked trombone, because nobody else did, Right. and I picked it up, and I just knew how to trombone, do it. Trombone, ladies and gentlemen. Trombone, ladies and gentlemen, you'll end up on a spiritual podcast later. <laughs> the fuck does that mean? Jesus, Christopher Christ. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, so I picked it up and I kind of knew, I already, I was like, oh, I know this or I, I know music. Music was very simple. Mm. So I, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I was actually going to be a chiropractor my junior year of high school. A healer. A healer. Yeah, yes. That's yeah. legit. And it's also what my dad does. Mm. And that made sense. You know, I, I he inspired was, you. He had me, well, he had, you were right. He would have me he help him. You. Yeah. Of course, but he would have me help him because he needed like, he needed to get worked on too. Mm. So he had another doctor that they would do that. But there was, you know, if he needed some just shit at home or whatever, he would have to teach me how to do some particular things. That's cool. So yeah, it was, and I was like, oh, I could totally, I get it. I get it. I understand. Uh, but then I went to the Berkeley five week blowout. <laughs> this is what they call it. It's a high school five week program. Like in the summer. Summer program. Imagine right. spending over a month. Wow. In a college dorm with a bunch of rock stars. 
Yeah, rock stars kids. <laughs> kid, kid rock stars, though. Kid rock stars. They had to be good to get in, right? Um, or you could pay. I don't know. I think you could pay. Yeah, a bunch of them were incredible. We were on the Make cusp no of before you had to be good. There was yeah. a time for Berkeley that you could get in if you paid. Yeah. And then that now you have to be good. Ever since Common blew up. <laughs> right. They were like, oh, let's <laughs> oh, be shit. careful who we let in here. <laughs> oh, shit. We got we to gotta raise the price. <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember thinking like, so uh, when I was there for all of the kids who were there, I, I, you know, I still got like the top seat or whatever. And it was like, oh, shit, maybe this is... Mm. This is something that I can actually really do. So really finding on your journey, right, which is the theme of the today's podcast, finding something that feels home for you or feels like something that you're good at or somewhere you belong is like your first telltale. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I am the trombone player. <laughs> There's not many other trombone players and this is easy for me. Music, yeah, it was, it was natural. It was yeah. like, a, like I was saying, something I had, something I knew, yeah, something I had done before. Or let's say it gets you in your flow state really fast, which we talked about yeah, last week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, but I did not know it was going to be, you know, it was a very, looking back, shout out mom and dad, <laughs> letting me go to college to be a professional Tremone player. Right. Right. That's fucking wild as shit. Yeah. That's the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. Okay, so jumping back to the journey for a second, because, you know, I know everybody listening to this is probably a creative, probably some form of an artist, and they want to know, you know, is their journey similar to our journeys? Because we've been here doing this, and, I mean, eventually I stumbled on Dolores Cannon, who also is a really interesting character in this game. So she passed on a few years ago, but she... Um, her whole thing is that she communicates, like, with these other entities, and they told her that eventually on your journey you're meant to figure out how to manipulate energy. Like that's her whole shtick. She's like, it's manifesting basically. But um, she always focuses her teachings on like believing that you're wealthy and learning to find the feeling of already having it. Mm -hmm. Like that's her whole, she's like, okay, well, whatever it is that you want, first of all, figuring out what you want is really hard. Huge. And we have a podcast episode about this, I'm pretty sure. But you, you figure out what it is that you want, something that you can focus on. And then you spend your days imagining, actively imagining yourself in that moment and, Mm -hmm. and feeling the feeling of it, of having it. Yes. Because then it's impossible for it to not show up. In right. your experience. That's right. that's her whole thing. So once I got into that shit, I was like, hold on. And I guess Joe Dispenza's got the same Absolutely. vibe. Absolutely. Power of awareness by uh, the other dude. Yep. The, um, this is also in letting go. Yep. This is also in the field. This yep. is in so many different Because now books. they're using science. They're, they're using brain, fre- they're monitoring brain frequency. Correct. To see what kind of like alpha state you're in, in certain meditations. <laughs> It's fucking crazy, dude. No, because it is absolutely 100% real and now starting to become chartable. And this is this will probably be, I'm convinced, this will be the next big step of, of scientific, because what this does is this kind of pulls the rug out from everything that this the foundation of science was laid on. So it's a very unsettling thing because it kind of makes everybody have to revisit damn near everything. Because you keep zooming in close enough on us and you eventually just, it's just vibrational. It's just a vibrational something. They yeah. don't know. I pulled this really fun little meme from your powerful babe Instagram account <laughs> today. <laughs> Witches call it spells. 
Christians call it prayer. Uh, Spiritualists call it manifestation. Uh, Atheists call it the placebo effect. Uh, Scientists call it quantum physics. Hey. Everyone's arguing over its name. No one is denying its existence. All looking at different parts of the same elephant. Wow. Yeah. Shook. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fascinating to me, though. It's... it's uh, the time, you know, however many years ago that I came upon this journey, this new, I hate calling it spiritual because that's, again, that's like one, now it's become a thing, right? So we want to call it woo in this house. Well, you We're know like, what? Woo. I feel like it is. It's learning. It's figuring yourself out, wanting to figure yourself out. Yeah. That's really, I think, I think what it is. Yeah. And, and, and that, that goes out, along with self-care and come on, how are you going to survive yeah. this earth experience without learning yourself and well, caring for yourself? Uh, some would argue that's the goddamn point. It's the whole point. What the fuck else are we doing here? It's the earth school. So let's say you've, you've arrived to this point. Some of you are in the beginning of the journey. Some of you are way past us and you're just listening to be nice. Okay. (laughs) That's what's really beautiful is that I've learned that really everybody's on their own timeline and time isn't even fucking real. So if you're, if you meet people that are still slightly unconscious or very much so just keep in mind that they will eventually arrive here because it is the point yeah. Okay. I feel like a brand new baby in this, but like, I'm sure over the next several lifetimes, I'm going to get really good at it. And mm-hmm. what, what is it that we're getting good at? We're getting good at communicating directly with the source, which we still haven't named, but Nick's mom called it Gus today. Yeah, it's Gus. Does anyone so, call it Gus? The uh, hold on. the great universal book? source. That's what it is. <laughs> great universal source. Gus. Gus. Yep. God is also the mouse. The mouse from Cinderella. Gus. 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 Is the purpose of life. He's it. Nobody knew the whole time. But it's nice calling it Gus instead of God. I wish Gus. I wish it was a feminine gas. No, that's. (laughs) (laughs) I have gas. I'm seeing the other side. I can see gas. Um, Communicating with the great universal source or Gus. Um, like I said in that Instagram quote, it's just like you're asking, you're praying with this focused intention. You're trying to manifest something. Mm-hmm. This morning, just today, I sat down at breakfast and I was like, hey, universe. Hey, Gus. <laughs> hey, girl. You know, maybe Gus is non-binary. So I was like, listen, I really have been doing the work. I've really been trying to figure out what's my next best focus point. I'm about to write this new album. I'm about to do all this new shit. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful. So you tried to communicate with Gus. I was communicating with Gus. Okay. And I was this morning, just today. This is We're fresh off the press here. And I said, show me a sign today. And I'm getting a little demanding now because I noticed that when I talk to source, when I ask for information, I usually get it within like two hours. So fucking weird. You guys, I told, I said, I've been doing all these things and I'm so, and I was, I was in my prayer meditation mantra, whatever. And I was like, I'm, I'm doing the work and I'm so grateful and I've learned so much. And I just am looking for the next best energetic focus point because I have so many things that I've manifested. So now like, where do I go next? And what is it that I should be focused on? So we go, we put, we, you go take the dogs for a walk. We go to the gym and I walk up in the gym and now we go to the gym every day, the same time. And they play the same music every day. But today it was playing different music. And I'm not going to tell you what the music is because it was my message and it's my private message. But I was like, thong song, Cisco. When you, when you ask with intention for something, and within usually a few hours, I would say, give the universe like a day, like 
try I couldn't even barely this was only two hours later and I barely remembered what I asked for because when in the moment that it responds you know you feel in your chest this is my answer this is my wait what did I ask you know it's weird it's like (laughs) almost unrelated you're almost like can't relate it at first but I heard the music and it was a kind of music that I had been thinking about for years but I had never actually done a deep dive into Mm -hmm. and I felt like you have this knowing you're like, I know this is my answer. Mm. So you center yourself and you take, you write down some notes in your phone and you continue your workout. Yeah. But it is a really fun exercise that I really, this is kind of what I called the synchronicity exercise before. I highly recommend you try this. If you're on your journey, maybe you're advanced and you haven't done this regularly for a while, but it is really nice to keep that line of communication open between you and God, goddess, source, energy, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Um, because what's beautiful about the way the universe has like a sense of humor. So it'll give you your answer always in a way that you don't expect. Pretty much, I, I don't think I've ever had an answer. We were like, I told Nick about this on the way back from the gym and he was like, oh yeah, if you told me we were going to do rap and like it was going to blow up on YouTube and then like, no, you never know. Yeah. Oh, it's probably kind of the last thing ever. So when I feel particularly stressed and I want an answer about something, I will focus my intention and do like a prayer. I'll just have a conversation with source energy and I'll say, hey, Gus, great universal source. I have been doing all these. I'm so grateful. Thank you. I've learned so much and I'm just looking for my best next move. I'm looking for one sign from you today that I will know when I see that tells me the answer for X. Just let me know in the next 24 hours. Right. I love you. Thank you. And then I go about my day and then two hours later, usually I'll get home and it, you, it's a knowing in your chest and you have to take it in and integrate it. It's always something you're not going to expect. And you just take a few notes. I put them in my phone because I was at the gym. You never know when it's going to come mm-hmm. and boom, you got your answer. And the more you open this line of communication, the more you are able to access that universal source. After you ask the question, you're in your meditative state or whatever. Yeah. Then you just move on with your day. Oh yeah. Right. So you, you forget about it. Yeah, you trust and you know. Yeah. It's coming. So that's a huge again. And every time it does, it <gasps> And then it, it'll always come back. So it so you you put the intention, you ask the question, you know, whatever, and then yeah. you let it go. It's a full conversation. Let it fucking go. Yep. Let it out. Yep. Then I moved on in my let day. It, I had to make a few free. phone calls, paid a few bills, and then I went to the gym. And I got to the gym and I was like, this is different music than they ever play. And it was funny because after two songs of the same genre that I had been looking for, it went back to the normal program. Like it was just for me. Yeah. I remember looking around the gym like. Did anybody else hear this? uh, (laughs) That's so magical. Yeah. So that's the journey. When you have that, some would almost call that a mystical experience. Correct. Because you're, it feels like you're communicating with you know the other side or the realm or whatever the fuck it is, and that's I mean shit. It's a wonderful experience. What's cooler than that? What's cooler than that? Yeah, I don't know. Besides Neil Patrick Harris, <laughs> so, <laughs> he's amazing. By the way, Neil Patrick Harris bought like one of the original, I want to say, haunted mansion Disney posters. And I'm just really jealous. Oh, yeah, he did. I'm why really, don't we get him on the podcast? He'll be our first guest. He seems like... Why? We'll put, <laughs> of all the people... We'll, put, we'll seat him right here in the middle and just stare at him. Be like, hey, what's hey, your deal? Hey, Neil. NPH. Hey, NPH. <laughs> Not many NPH. people have three names. That's legit. 
Uh, yeah, that's that's true. He has three first names. That's the, that's what it gets. You know what I mean? I had a couple friends growing up, like their first and last name were still first names. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. John Jacob Dick Smash. <laughs> That is a first name. That's right. a first name. I, I yeah. went to school Dick with a Dick Smash. Yeah, yeah. Not a nice guy. Ryan C. Dick was the one. <laughs> Ryan C. Dick. We used to, okay, did we already tell this story? <laughs> On tour with Carmen, we would get uh. so so rambunctious that we would take the set list, the Carmen music set list, and yeah, we would right. change all the song titles. It to devolved. Inc- to Solely. include the word dick. <laughs> oh we were like, God. okay, broken dick. Faced. Yeah, broken. It, they would just devolve over time. So first, it was just like became... one or two that would change <laughs> by the end of the tour. The whole thing would just and be like. And some of them were very uncreative. It was even, like yeah. acapella dick. I was like, yeah. hey, you just added the dick. Di- the dick at the yeah, end. One of them was just dick, and they're like, I don't even know what song. We this don't even is. know what this is now. And I was like, the fans are going to grab know. this off you the gotta stage. Have, you got to know literally... one, two, three, and just start knowing. It's going to end up on eBay somewhere. Like this, you know. Yeah, I think broken dick face was one. Broken dick face was broken hearted. That was the that was the big hit, and then. And what it was a walking on the dick, <laughs> which is walking on the moon. Uh, what was our other songs? I don't even remember. Uh, yeah, who knows? Was, was hello it? just called dick? That might have been. That was or it was just like dick. hello dick or something. <laughs> it's yeah. not really good that. Cre- yeah, it's not that creative. Um, so I did finish a really good book this week. I've been I've been reading this book for a long time. It's called The Divine Matrix, and it came up in some notes I had when I was first on this this mission of discovery of myself in the self help section of Barnes and Noble. I had also gone on YouTube, which at the time didn't have that many videos, but there was one guy teaching about magic with a K, which is like witchcraft inspired. You know this communication with source and manifestation stuff. And he had recommended the Divine Matrix book. And I was like, okay, put it in my notes. Put it in a cabinet for six years and pulled it out like a month ago. And I said, oh shit, this, these notes are legit. This was in my beginning phases of being excited about the journey of the woo-woo shit. Yeah. And I th- said, let me jump on Amazon and see if somebody's got a used copy of Divine Matrix. So I, I buy the book and it's profound. And it actually led me to the Power of Awareness book mm. and which is kind of related to the books that you're on now. Mm-hmm. And so I got to the end of the book and I just wanted to read you an excerpt because this is such a vibe. And the book is crazy. He teaches you about mirrors, like how to like look at people you're having a conflict with and and turn the mirror on yourself. Woo, I was like, bitch, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Somewhere deep in the mists of our ancient memory. So this is also, he's talking about reincarnation. We know we have magical and miraculous powers within us. As children... Here's the Disneyland reference. We fantasize about our ability to do things that are beyond the realm of reason and logic, right? When you're a kid, you're like, I'm Superman. This is before that you are taught what's, you know, what's possible. Been, been beat down by Before the world. you learn the rules that say miracles can't happen. Right. Whoa. Science has proved that particles, the ones that we're made of, our bodies are made of, can be in instantaneous communication with each other. They can exist in two places at once. They can live in the past as well as the future and even change history through choices in the present. So these are all scientific things that the Divine Matrix book like talks about. Mm-hmm. The only difference between those isolated particles and us is that we are made up of a lot of them held together by the power of consciousness itself. Isn't that wild? That's yeah. wild. This book like blew my mind. This is like the end of the book. So there's so much more. Um, the great secret of creation itself is the power to create in the world. So the fact that we're on a creative podcast with y'all, come on, this is like the coolest shit ever. It's the meaning of the meaning. You know what I'm saying? We are Gus. (laughs) 
So he's saying that, you know, when we were kids, we believed that whatever we imagine and what we believe, it might sound too simple, but it's actually possible that we, we can create this way. So, and that's exactly how the universe works according to science now. But yeah, we're waiting this is for the whole the, Joe Dispenza book. So it, it, because what that kid is doing probably, or anybody who's doing this is there, they are accessing, uh, a, the other frequency channel where they're able to, they're experiencing where that thing happening that whoever they're seeing emotionally and actually like really being there. And what that does is that apparently is vibrationally attracting that experience to you, to the child. You don't know when mm. or how. He uses an example of a kid that wanted a puppy and the parents were like, there's no fucking way. Yeah. You do not, you were not getting a dog. No one has time for this shit. And yeah. literally like a free puppy. Yeah. He like showed won one up in an art contest or something like an art, con- <laughs> like, and they gave him like a, what is the lassie dog? Uh, they, collie. They collie. gave him a collie and his parents were like, well, that's really expensive. We probably should get we should yeah, let Danny, we should let Danny keep the like, dog. Yeah, they did because the parents were very against getting a dog. So You're he has like, a bunch no of examples like this in the book where mm. it's like, oh, you just focused on it. So he said, if we can remember that we are the art as well as the artist, Whoa. then perhaps we can also remember that we are the seed of the miracle as well as the miracle itself. Yeah. And I was like, bro, 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 I need to put this book down. This is, this is too much. <laughs> it's too much. I've gone too far. Yeah, it's heavy shit, but it does absolutely, you know. Science is now proving all of these crazy fucking witchy, whatever woo theories about energy and vibration, frequency and all this stuff. Cause it's the next, it's the next frontier. I mean, you are, it's, it's really fascinating to me. It's really fascinating to me because the journey for me has been the journey, the journey into witchcraft. The journey That's the title into of witchcraft. This episode. <laughs> well, honestly, I mean, kind of right. I mean, it, it's been and magic. Um, like why? But but for me, it's it's not those terms. It's it's yeah. Well, words meaning are, words fail us all the time. Absolutely. Um, it's it's meaning for me. It's it's um because look, you 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 strip everybody down, and you see what's what's really left. And you know, money doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. Well, all it really matters is just like the highest possible vibrations, which are love, joy, and peace. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's really it. That's, that's really why you're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, wow. And it's sometimes that's a very complicated thing to be able to live by yeah. if, it, you know, while you're on earth, but really that's, that's it, you know? So it's really just now we're on this journey together. All of us <laughs> totally fucked I'm on this journey. <laughs> <laughs> Crash landing jokes on you. And we're trying to unlearn these programs that told us that we weren't magic but we needed to be told we weren't magic so that we would want to be excited about this. Well, how else are you going to really know something than having to just fucking totally figure it out by yourself? Yeah. That's the true essence of learning. Yeah. Is like, oh shit, we're in a tight spot. (laughs) Oh damn. We're in a tight spot. We're in a tight spot. (laughs) You know, that's the best. That's when you don't forget that lesson. You don't. Well, that's the only way because you'll, you'll, you know it for yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was raised in like a religious household, so it was like, I didn't want that shit. I sought something else. Maybe had it been the other way around, I would have sought Christianity. I don't know. And right. maybe what I, I would have ended up in the same exact headspace. Talking to Gus. Talking to Gus. You Good know? Guy. Also this week, I was, I was really into, um, sorry, this is a tangent. 
but I'm obsessed with this designer called Biba who her name is Barbara Hulanicki and she was a huge London scene designer. Like she had a giant store, like a boutique that became really big called Biba, which was named after her little sister. And she, she's Polish. She was raised in like kind of war torn areas and it's her biography, like blew my dick off. This woman is so fascinating and she had this art deco aesthetic and that was very much inspired by her aunt who feels very, in the book she describes her, she feels very narcissistic, very controlling, but she had this immaculate style. She was like the muse, you know, and it was like, oh Classic my, narcissist, well-dressed. Oh my goddess, like so cool. And so I read this book and Barbara's still alive. She's in her 80s now and I follow her on Instagram. And if you're, <laughs> if you're into fashion like I am or if you love like European fashion, like she was the one behind... She she kind of invented fast fashion before it was like incredibly toxic for the environment. Um, she was ahead of her time in a lot of ways and shout out to Tarina Tarantino. Again, my bead mom who told me about Biba, mm. her dog, she has a dog that looks exactly like Gary, whose name is Biba. Aww. It's a girl. Dog. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 And right. I've been so inspired by Biba and like the way that she was an illustrator, like for fashion. So she would draw endlessly, like have to draw like dresses and corsets for other people. And then eventually she's like, wait, we should start a mail order business. Her and her husband fits. And they started selling dresses just through the mail because there was no internet back in the sixties. So by the seventies, they had the big Biba, which was like, had more visitors than Disneyland y'all. Yeah. I still, I don't it know was if a I massive, believe that, but that's insane massive operation in that's a beautiful a, art deco building in like <laughs> i forget the the street it was on because i don't spend enough time in london, in london. right yeah. it was in yeah. london okay and they sold to a big company comparable to like jc and of course the corporation like totally ran into ground into the ground um tragic this book and the juicy couture book like taught me so much about merchandising and design and how to create a mm -hmm. fashion culture mm -hmm. obsessed so that's that's another recommendation I have. If you're on your journey, you get the spiritual journey, you've got your art, you're an artist, you figure out what you're excited about and what you're passionate about, dive into your muses' stories. Find out what their journey was. Because when I heard about Barbara's journey, I was like, holy shit. And even Tarina, she's inspired me so much. And I have her book and I'm like reading about her journey. Mm -hmm. She ended up in a, uh, in a shopping uh, structure in Milan, Italy with Fiorucci and Biba. Wow. Oh, so she was in it with yeah. all of the idols. Like she was there. And so, and she's the one who inspired me to start making necklaces. So it's like, damn, this wow. dive into your, your idols journeys because you will, there's a reason you're attracted to them. There's a re there was a message there for you somewhere. And a lot of them have biographies and books and they're so fascinating. Mm. So the only other thought that I had for this episode that I thought could help you because we're talking about the journey and y'all are on this journey and we're we're just here to kind of be like your bestie cheerleader, your bestie martini sipping a cheerleader. Pat sometimes little you know butt, little butt pat, a little tap, butt pat, little tap, little butt tap. If you don't want to be touched, let us know. <laughs> we will respect. Consent. We will put we will two X's on your wrist. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting, I observed this week for me was. I was getting into this um, energy of like pushing energy out 
Like I was in this hustle energy, which I hate the word hustle so much, mm-hmm. but I, I noticed it in myself and I was like, oh shit, I'm trying to like make things happen. I'm, I'm pushing, pushing out, pushing Beyond out. Beyond yourself. And it starts to feel very disorienting because you're like, oh, I don't have anything. That's where you start feeling the burnout symptoms. Yeah. And so I was saying on my Instagram story that I, I just, at one point I acknowledged it was happening and I just instead whoop, flipped it back to pushing my energy inward mm-hmm. and allowing things to come to me instead of reaching, reaching, reaching. Yeah. That's how it's exhausting. No, that, that's, that's how you burn the fuck out. I had yeah. never experienced that so clearly than this week. Great. Dude, that's fucking awesome. That's it, was, a, it was wild. And a lot of, a of you responded on the Instagram story and I was like, yo, we need to talk about this. This is, this is interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. Out. What do they even call that? Like outer, like, Living outside, I don't even know. So to me, it's yeah, it's every your your energy. You're not living in yourself. Your experiences is not. You're not being present. I guess. So if you were to be present, you would be you know within in yourself, understanding when you're tired, hungry, whatever it is. It's observing. Very cl- observing. But if you're always focused on everything out there, then you're looking beyond yourself. And it's that's, like ego. That's like your ego then. It is. But yeah, it's another way. It's another way, right? Because that is never when you are hit that. And by the way, if you're a creative, you're any human, you're always, you're going to be constantly there. It's going to feel like. Yeah. That's totally normal. That's totally fine. Hmm. That's kind of the point, again, to have this crazy experience. Well, putting your energy out is ego driven. So that's like your first dead giveaway. You're like, oh shit, this is happening. I'm, my ego is running the ship right now. Yeah. That's why you start feeling depleted because it's not really you. So when you put the energy out like that, it is never going to be satisfied ever. Your ego is a narcissist. Your ego is definitely a narcissist, dude. So it literally just goes, it. it will literally never be enough. It's never enough. No matter how many great things were happening, and I was I know focused you even, on the yes. bad thing. And I was like, I need, uh, I need more. I need more. And you're going to be like, oh, no, I, whatever. Once I have my, you know, million dollars, once I'm whatever, like it's, it'll change. Oh, my God. It, it will is. not change. The only difference is that you'll then need to make $10 million. No. David Hawkins talks about the story like in the 08 was it the 08 crash? I forget what some financial sh- like oh, meltdown. Oh, right, because somebody lost like a bunch of money. They went from 50 million to 40 million or something like that. Okay. They're like net worth. Yeah. They lost $10 million and the guy like almost couldn't live with himself. Yeah. He was like, I want to die. Yeah. I want to die. Dying might be easier. And it's like, <laughs> you oh, still shit. have 40 million. much? Dollars. But that's. That's what I'm trying to say. When you're in that space and your energy is beyond yourself, it is is almost easier oh my God. to end your existence on earth than have to like come back into yourself. It can get really dysfunctional. And that is the ultimate peak pride vibration. Oh. That is pride. You would be willing to end your own life. Yes, or others. Then to change yeah. your perspective. Yeah, that's like the wow. the the suicide, what are they called? Um kamikaze pilots? Sure. It's yeah. like yo, yo, That's yo, a crazy yo, concept. Yo, we don't, yeah. we don't, that uh, whole that uh, whole thing is such a wild fucking though and every time we've been to Japan, we've been there a few times. Tokyo is maybe one of my favorite cities I've ever been. It's pretty incredible. There is something about, because it's also like, it's it's disorienting because it's the busiest place you've ever been in your life. Mm -hmm. And it's also the calmest. 
<laughs> so it's something that like Americans can't really compute. Can't fathom. Yeah, we can't fathom it. Now, when we got on the escalators, and that like the right side of the escalator was a single file line, <laughs> clean, y'all, clean, clean. Nobody's bags were no. No, if you, the only people who are are foreigners. Yeah, ah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like if you need if you needed to go fast, you could jump into the left side and make your way up the escalator. It was so respectful. No graffiti on the trains no noise my buddy no one was talking or making any sound there were no, no nobody's on the phone nobody's on the phone no it's not <laughs> they sat us in our the own like our own section of the restaurants before like the americans were they because put, like, we a were like the, separate room for americans because <laughs> we were like the loud crazy oh, motherfuckers God. they're in the hotel we stayed at i don't know if it's i don't want to make the a blanket too. statement yeah but like in true in the restaurant too they yeah. sat the americans in one side that had tvs <laughs> And the other side didn't like we're some fucking That's so funny. No, it's but they're not wrong. Dude, wow. our, our buddy Mark, who's our um, he's on the road right now with J9 and uh, Melanie, Melanie Martinez. Martinez. Shout out. Oh, my and, God. We uh, love Melanie. Shout yeah. Like, Shout congrats Melanie. on the new music. It's so good. Um, So he was watching. I think it was like rush hour. It was like five o'clock rush hour. Right. Everybody's like literally some of like the busiest train stations that we have on Earth are in Tokyo. So it's like the third busiest train station on the fucking planet, right? So there's hundreds of thousands of people going in at the same time. There's this this mother with this child who had an ice cream cone. And the ice cream, the, his, he just like, he was a kid. He's like two or some shit. The ice cream falls off, splat, hits the ground. The mother is like, looks, she's like, oh shit, God damn it. She just goes over to some like, you know, little fucking like sidewalk, puts the kid down, proceeds to go back with all these napkins and shit and like clean up the ice cream and then like it was cleaner when she was finished. She like sanitized the area. Sanitized the whole area, like wiping everything down. Meanwhile, there's hundreds of thousands of people walking by and they just walk around her calmly and she's like right at the entrance. Wow. Still wow. wanted to take the time to make sure that the ice cream was picked up. Okay. So wow. this is a great story to segue us into again. The journey is like dynamic and Right now, at this very moment, there exists a reality like that in another country where people are respectful of their surroundings and they work as a group to make life better, right? So that's, there are other things about Japan that are probably challenging, that are not ideal, right? But this is all available to you right now and you being here listening to this podcast or doing the things that you're doing is making it possible for you to find your best life. And that's really what we're interested in doing. And regardless of success or failure, you still have to be with yourself Mm. at the end of all this shit. At the end of the day. You can't escape you. Yeah. So whether you're- Get to know you. We'll get to know you and get to know, fall in love with the fucking process. It's about falling in love with the journey. It really is. As fucking cliche as all this shit is, dude, it's it. That's the bottom line. If you can actually just fall in love with the process, then then you're good. You're already experiencing your joy uh, just doing your shit. That's it. So you're good. You've already won. Yeah. Congratulations. If you get bored, try to communicate with Gus you can- <laughs> and see what you get. Make an espresso. Uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And we are always here cheering for you, cheering you on. It's fun. It's fun. It is really fun. It's such a pain in the ass. We'll do a bunch of episodes where we talk about how much of a fucking pain in the ass it is. Oh, we should. And how you're going to lose yourself and break, you're, you're going to break yourself and learn all this shit and maybe you'll quit. And that's okay too. We do it every week. But still, at the end of the day, this is fun.
Mm-hmm. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of House of Herbie. We will see you next week. Bye.